Hey, we're going to pick up where we were last week. Um, we, we started a, a just a two-part lesson, didn't get anywhere near, and this is a series, a lesson that we could go on really for the rest of the year. We won't. We're just going to jump in here for two weeks. Uh, Jim's going to be preaching next week. I'm going to be out of town, so Jim's going to be bringing the word. So come on, you have a good, good week next week. Uh, uh, but last week we just started this, this, this journey, uh, again, just a little two-time, two-part uh, uh, mini-series called what does it mean to be a spiritual person uh what you know if you did a search on, online right now did a google search you would find if you put that in you'd probably find crystals people in a yoga position or humming with their arm you know chanting and all that kind of thing and really there probably wouldn't be a bible wouldn't be a, a christian wouldn't be a what you would say a normal person which come on how many normal people we got in the room yeah no. Nobody raised their hand. Come on, we're all normal. I mean, we're spiritual, but we're not normal, right? Uh, uh, you're normal. Um, uh, you know, and, and people have a different idea of what it means to be a spiritual person. So kind of we just said some things last week, just as a reminder, if you weren't with us, that what, you know, what it doesn't mean to be a spiritual person, what people think about. Well, if you're a spiritual person, you, you have this big Bible. If, you have, if you're a spiritual person, you, you've got all those bumper stickers in the back of your car. If you're a spiritual person, you've got the big cross. If you're a spiritual person, you have the cross earrings. If you're a spiritual person, you always come to church all the time. If you're a spiritual person, uh, you, you know, you pray all the time. Uh, and, and those things, some of those things, I'm, I'm you know, tongue-in-cheek, if you will, uh, but none of those things, from what the Bible says, really mean that you're a spiritual person. Person. And so we need to find out really what the Bible says, because I believe everybody in the room, whether you are here with us for the first or second or third time, or you're, you're a regular attender, you've gone through growth track, you're on the dream team, I believe everybody in the room is here because you really want to be a spiritual person. You might not know that, you might not say that in that kind of term, and that kind of you know, terminology. You might say something like, I want my life to be better, I want to know God a little bit more, I, I want to know the meaning of my life, I want to know purpose for my life. Uh, but really, all that would summarize and, and come condensed into, into this one thought. You really want to be a spiritual person. Because the only way to connect with God is to be a spiritual person. And it doesn't mean uh, that, 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 uh, uh, that your spirituality is like over here on a Sunday thing. Because kind of growing up, I used to think that, you know, because I witnessed that with some people at church I thought were spiritual that it was a Sunday thing, then, then you'd hear them outside of church and come on, they're cursing like sailors or they're doing things, they're acting like everybody else. And, and so I'm kind of going, well, gosh, I thought they were spiritual, but that don't look too spiritual. And I was just a little kid and I could figure that out to kind of go, wow, the, the Bible calls that hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means two masks. That's what it means. You wear a mask here, and then you wear a mask over here. You're, you're a different person. God wants you to be the same everywhere you're at. That's what a spiritual person really is. Uh, we, we looked at some scriptures, so if you were here with us last week, what we're going to do is go over a couple of these scriptures. We're going to look at about four, three or four main components, main scriptures. I encourage you to write down. I'll look at them today from a different translation. So if you're here with us last week, kind of get, we'll give you a different slant from a different word, a different translation that will kind of like reamp you with where we were. And if you hadn't heard it for the first time, it's going to be good for you. Listen, spiritual and not fun are not connected. Spiritual people ought to be the life of the party. Come on, everybody. Full of joy, full of peace. Come on, not, not falling over, full of drugs and drunkenness. I mean, just, just, just full of life, full of hope, full of vision. Come on, full of joy, full of God, full of love, full of expectation. Spiritual people. Right? And, and so a lot of us, you know, maybe you grew up in an environment, uh, the guy up there who was never married, who wore a long robe, he was spiritual. 
or, or the, the gal back there who played on the organ and she was always that way with her hair in a bun. She was spiritual. But nobody else could be. And some of y'all have been dissed and despised and some of y'all have been put down saying, I could never be that. And we'll, we'll try to uh, dispel those myths today to find out that everybody in the room, you can be and you should be a spiritual person. That's not all right. It doesn't mean you don't go to the movies. I go to the movies. You can be a spiritual person and go to the movies. Come on. You can be a spiritual person and, and drive a truck. Come on, somebody. You can, you can be a spiritual person and have lots of tennis shoes. Praise the Lord. Come on. We want to de- demystify it a little bit this morning. Uh, look with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. We'll read from the New Living Translation. Look with me. This is the Apostle Paul writing to a church, a church at Corinth. And so the Apostle Paul, who wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament, is writing this letter to a church that he frequented, that he brought the gospel to them, and he's writing them to see how they're doing and give them some instructions. First and Second Corinthians are two letters that we have from the Apostle Paul. So here's what he says, dear brothers and sisters, so let's just stop right there. Dear brothers and sisters, who's he writing to? Us. He's writing to the church. Brothers and sisters, Christians, people in the church. Brothers and sisters in the church. It's, it's a term you know, used forever in, in the context of Christianity. He says, when I was with you, notice this, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. Now, now take note of that. I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. So Paul's differentiating right here, talking to the Corinthians, saying, I wanted to talk to you a certain way, but I couldn't. And he said, I want to talk to you as a spiritual person, but y'all not spiritual. You're supposed to be, but you're not. Notice what he says. I had to, look at the, notice the words, I had to talk as though you belong to this world. I had to, I had to dumb down, I had to change the way I said things, because you're not on the same page with me. I had to talk to you as you belong to this world, or as though you were infants, or you were babes, one translation says. Notice again, verse 2, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food. No, I, no, I didn't want to, I, I had to. I, I had to, you know, I had to have you come over to the house, and I, I had a fillet for you, spiritually speaking, but you couldn't eat it. And so I had to get out the baby food. Man, I don't want you eating baby food any longer. You're old enough. Corinthians, you're old enough. You're supposed to be, you've been around the Word a long time. You, you've, been in this, you, you've been in this for a long while now. Now, I, I, But I don't, why am I having to feed you like this now? Hmm. He says, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. Man, it's like the Apostle Paul's going, doggone it. Where y'all at? Come on, Corinthians. You, you, you started here, and it's okay. Everybody starts here. But now I left and I came back, and y'all still here. Y'all still here. Come on. Come, y'all still here. You should be at least over here. Some of y'all should have been up here, but, but everybody should be at least up here. He says, you're still not ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You're still controlled by your sinful nature. Now, now again, who's he writing to? Brothers and sisters. He's writing to who? Christians. He's writing to who? Say me. He's writing to me. He's writing to me. And he just says, these guys, you're still controlled to your sinful nature. Now, we found out last week what Paul is actually saying here is that he's saying, you know, you guys are saved. Y'all know Jesus. Come on. You make it. Come on. You, you, you stamp the ticket. You're going to heaven. But you're living an old lifestyle. You're living an old lifestyle. You're thinking old lifestyle thoughts. You're, 
you're, you're entertaining stuff and you're, and you're sliding in a way that you shouldn't be. And, 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 and you're not eating what I'm trying to feed you because y'all just aren't ready. He says this, you're jealous of one another. You quarrel. Come on, y'all fighting. Y'all on Facebook jacking each other up. Come on. He said, doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? So again, he's, he's talking, he says, you know, people of the world, he's talking about spiritual people, and he says, you've come out, but, but, but now you've gone back, and I had to talk this way, I didn't want to talk this way, but I had to talk this way, come on, I wish, I, I wish y'all would be further down the road, come on, everybody in the room, come on, say this with me, I want to grow, come on, huh? come on, you believe that this morning, I want to grow. I want to, come on, I don't want to be the same. Anybody beside me that in five years you don't, you, you don't want to still have the same hang-ups you got today? Come on, anybody beside me that, 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 that you go, I, I got a little more peace in my life than I did in 2019 and it's 2022. Man, what used to destroy me and bother me and throw me off and derail me, man, I got some victory over that in 2022. Come on. So, so if I'm going to have victory in 2022, homeboy here better start thinking some new thoughts. Better put some new. Better start eating some new stuff, right? Or else I, I, I'm gonna. I, I'm not gonna grow, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna be what Paul says here. Man, you still aren't ready for this stuff. You still aren't ready. I want to grow, and I believe you do too. Is that all right? Is that the truth, everybody? Yeah, I believe that. So Paul says here, if you're connected to the world, you won't be able to eat what I'm feeding you. That's what he's telling them. Y'all are so connected to the world. All you think about is worldly things. You've got to think about your business. You've got to think about your schedule with your family. You've got to think about your budget. You have to. You have to to be successful on the earth. But that can't be the only thing that just invades your mental space. He says you've got to give time to the Word of God in your life or else you will not grow spiritually. You will not. Everybody in the room, if you don't eat for several days, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect the way you think. It's going to affect your strength. It's going to affect your outcome. It's going to affect your organs in your body. It's going to start affecting you. You need to eat regularly. And what you eat is very important, isn't it? Not just eating, but what you eat is very important. Uh, a couple of days ago, I came, we, we came back. We were gone this past week. And I've been off sweets, and then here's me, my life. I know this, but I, I know this, I know this, but a lot of times I don't do it. Confess my sin to you. Here we are. Uh, uh, so when I eat pasta, pasta jacks me up in one way. I love pasta, but i got to stay away from it most of the times because pasta makes me crave sweets. I don't know what that is. Y'all, y'all scientists, y'all can help me out. But, but it makes me crave sweets. So I ate some pasta the other night, and I'm going... Jesus is Lord. I gotta give me something sweet. Gotta give me. And so, so Kimberly, I don't. We, we went to the store. We did something, and we went down and we bought Thin Mints. Come on, how many know Thin Mints are of the devil? Come on, Thin Mints are of the devil. Woo! And so, come on. Let me tell you what. I Thin Minted till there was no Thin Mints left, brother. Let me tell you. <laughs> if you eat Thin Mints the way I do, you will be a fat mint. Come on, they ought to, they ought to say fat mints. That's what those cookies are going to do for you. But if I lived on Thin Mints, how I many you know I'm eating, but I'm not eating good stuff? And you could be eating, but you could be eating wrong things. <laughs> you can be eating even spiritually and eating the wrong things. Like, for instance, for you, you need to spend most of your dietary spiritual eating over here in the New Testament in the epistles, which are telling you who you are since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
That's where you need to spend the most of your time. Read about what Jesus did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and live your life over in the epistles. Read the Psalms, read some Proverbs, read some things in the Old Testament. But that testament and that, that covenant is old, and you've got a new covenant. Come on, everybody, a new covenant. That was then, this is now, that's before Christ, this is after Christ. You live in the after Christ resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is where your dietary needs will be met. Come on, somebody say amen over there. Now, now what we said last week is that, is that this, this whole eating thing, Paul was huge on talking to the Corinthians, is that milk versus solid food is just talking about spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. In other words, you're not supposed to stay the same. I started when I came to this earth. You did, you know, you know, you know drinking milk from your mother, and, and, and then, then, then that diet changes. And we said last week, when, when a baby gets teeth, that is an indication that the diet needs to change. The diet changes. Teeth are an indicator. And spiritually speaking, you can't keep staying living on milk and grow spiritually. You have to get off the milk and you have to get into the meat of the Word of God where you see things, you meditate the Word of God, you hear things. In other words, listen to me. If you're believing God for healing, you've got to get to the point where you see yourself whole. That is where you then get on the meat of the Word of God. You're not hoping, you're not wishing. I hope God does. That's baby. That's not even baby. That's pre-baby food. <laughs> because God says you are. And so I got to think about it. I got to talk about it. I got I, I to meditate that until I see that picture in me. And then I'll be able to eat it, digest it, and it will become me. So Apostle Paul is just saying to these guys, man, man, why y'all living like, like, like you don't know God? We read another translation last week that said, why y'all living like mere men? Y'all, y'all living like just mere men. What, what? You, you guys are spiritual people. You're spiritual. You're born of God. The Spirit of God is living in you, Corinthians. Why y'all acting just like them crazy Gentiles, these crazy Romans, these other crazy Corinthians out here in, in, in Greece. Why y'all living like the Athenians? Why y'all living like them? He says, God's in you. Think different. Act different. Come on. Believe different. So, 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 so listen to me. When it comes to your, when it comes to your, when, when it comes to your life, hunger, hunger is an indicator of need. Listen, hunger is an indicator of need is an indicator of me. So when I'm hungry, when I'm hungry, it's just indicating to me I need something. I need something. i got to have something. I'm hungry. I'm hungry physically. So I need to satisfy that. And the more you burn, the hungrier you'll get. I rode 75, 80, almost 80 miles yesterday. I burned about 2,800 calories, my Garmin told me, on that ride. If I don't eat, I got to eat while I'm riding. Listen, you got to eat while you're going through life. It can't be Sunday only. You're going to crash and burn. You're going to get distracted. You're going to be picked off by the enemy. You got to eat every day. And then there's times in your life like me after a big ride, I gorge to replace it. And that's, there's going to be times in your life where you go, I got to shut down Netflix. I got to shut down Hulu. I, I got to shut down Instagram. I got to shut down Facebook. I got to take some time off. I got to say, hey, baby, me and you, we're just not together right now. I got to give an extra three hours over here in prayer and the word of God. I got to eat some more right now. I'm hungry for something now. I need more of God right now. 
That's what I need. So, so, so you got to know that. You, you, you got to know that. So hunger is an indicator of need in your life. And you can't replace it with anything else. Here's the problem. We get hungry, I think. I think God tries to stir us up. God says, hey, man, you got some teeth coming in. Come on, you need to change your diet. You need to eat a little bit more. And, and, then, we, and, and then we just we go to the mall. <laughs> or, or we do something else to try to replace the hunger. Listen. I want to challenge you if you're going to grow, and I want you to grow, and I know you want to grow. The hunger in you is pushing you to spend time with God and His Word. You have to do this daily. Daily. So find your rhythm. Find your flow. Find your, find your momentum. Find what fits with your schedule. But you must eat the Word every day. Every day. We said this last, last week that a spiritual person, which you are, a spiritual person, thinks saved, talks saved, acts saved, lives saved, and serves saved. Here's what a spiritual person does. The whole lifestyle. This is just what they do. This is who they are. That, that a spiritual person is committed to growth in their relationship with God and His Word. It's just who you are. It's just what you're called to do. I'm, just, I'm committed to it. I'm committed to it. I'm committed to my wife. There is nobody else. I'm committed to her. So there is nobody else. That's all. It's commitment. It's commitment. I, there's times that you go, I don't feel in love. Who cares? I made a commitment. The love's going to follow the commitment. I made a commitment to you, God. I made a commitment to your word. I made a commitment to the call. your call for me personally. Your call that you called me to, to ministry, you know, 35, 38 years ago, or how long it's been now. There, there is no option for me. I'm committed to it. I'm committed to your will, your purpose, your kingdom, your rule, your reign in our life. I'm committed to Spectrum Church. And so Spectrum Church will grow. We'll succeed. We'll make an impact in, in, in Chula Vista because we're all committed, right? So I don't feel like it gets tired. No, 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 no. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. I'm going I'm to develop my relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm going to develop my want to. I'm going to develop my want to. Amen. Hebrews 6, verse 12 and 13. Check it out. Verse Living Bible. Look on the screen. Again, the writer of Hebrews says similar things. You've been a Christian a long time now. He says you ought to be teaching others. Here we go again. You ought to be teaching others, but instead you have dropped back to a place where you need someone else to teach you over again the very first principles of God's Word. You're like babies who can drink only milk, not old enough for solid food. And when a person is still living on milk, it shows he isn't far, very far along in his Christian life and doesn't know much about the difference between right and wrong. How many know kids, babies, small children are very gullible, very susceptible says so he's still a baby Christian. So he says again, the writer of Hebrews just says, man, you ought to be teaching others. But he says, notice the words, what he said, you, you, you drop back. Man, you, you just slid off. You drop back. He said, that's not what my plan was for your life. He says, you know, you, you, you're not very far along in the Christian life. And, and you should be. You should be teaching others by now. Come on, you should be having a small group at your house by now. You should have gone through growth track by now and on the dream team and serve another. You should be able to go on serve day and take a day, take three hours and serve somebody. Your lifestyle ought to be different by now. And so no excuses. Come on, come on, we can't have any excuses. We got one life. We got one life to live. Let's live it full. Let's live it rich. Let, let, let's live it forward. Come on, let's keep taking ground for Jesus. I, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to grow. 
So I see several things here where Paul or, the, or whoever wrote this, I don't know if it's Paul or not, but, but the difference between right and wrong, that last phrase he says, as, as a baby, doesn't know the difference between right or wrong. And, and, and let me just give you three words here that I want to talk about real quick. Just discernment. I want to talk about discernment, direction, and destiny. Discernment, direction, and destiny. Because he, he says the baby doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. And you, and you should know. You should know by now. So, so when we talk about this, I'll just real quickly, just look on the screen. Discernment. Discernment just simply meaning the ability to see and know beyond the natural. Discernment. It's like today if we had a curtain up here, it's like, it's like you can't see behind the curtain, but a person of discernment growing spiritually, the, the, the curtain gets split and you can see behind what's, go, what's really going on behind. You just know. Listen, I'm not talking about necessarily seeing physically. That's not what I'm talking about. But seeing in here. You see in here. Just something's not right about that deal with that business. I'm going to stay away. Something's not right about them. I'm not going to date them. Uh, so, so, d- discernment. I've got discernment. That, that job looks great, but I know I'm not going to take that job. I'm not going to take that job. That situation looks wonderful, but you know what? Something up in here, the Holy Spirit who lives inside here, because I've been feeding daily on the Word of God, and my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of the deceiver, they don't follow. Come on, everybody. So, so I'm hearing. I'm discerning. I'm going, that, that, that's not my Father's voice. That's not my Father's will for my life. Discernment. Adults, children don't. Adults, growing adults in spiritual development, have discernment. Secondly, direction. Direction. Children don't know Direction. They can't tell. You put them in a car, they don't know where they're at. They don't know where they're going. You know, they're looking out the window. They have no idea where they're going. So direction is, is that you're led by the Word of God and you're led by the Spirit of God. If you're going to grow spiritually and you have a right to, you need to be led by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. In a time of crisis, in the time of challenge, in a time of test, the Word of God should come alive in you. God will always give you a word to get you through whatever you're facing. Come on, everybody. But only if you've hid His Word in your heart. Because then there's nothing to go. It's kind of like me praying when I was in college. Lord, help me with a test. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, did you study? <laughs> uh, there ain't nothing there. I got nothing there. I got nothing to draw from. Just help me, Lord. No, that's not how he operates. Right? <laughs> you put it in you, and then he can pull it out of you. So putting the Word of God in a daily basis will give you direction for your life. Right? And the last word there, just destiny. I see the children, you know, destiny. They don't know where they're going. They're, you know, even you're going through high school and even in college, you know, they start one thing and they stop and go a different direction. Just, just they're, they're learning. They're learning. You as a parent are trying to help them. But, but destiny, that you know God's purpose for your life and you're pursuing it. So, so is that you? Are you a spiritual person? Do you know God's direction for your life, God's purpose for your life, and are you pursuing it? Or are you on the sidelines just kind of going, I wish God would put me in the game. And he says, I wish you'd put your cleats on. I wish you'd put your shoes on and get in the game. I wish you'd show up to practice. I I wish you'd read the playbook. Uh, We want to grow, right? We want to grow. We want to grow. And then when you get put in the game, you, you, know, you, you know what to do. It's not like me in seventh grade. I wanted to be in the game. I was, we had 13 players in the seventh grade basketball team. It's when I moved from New Jersey to Tennessee. And all the guys there, we had no black people in my town. We had two black people in my town in, in New Jersey. When I moved down to Tennessee, uh, three-quarters of, the, uh, of our high school, junior high, was African-American. And how many know just African-American, my brothers, and sis- my brothers and sisters, can play basketball? Let me just tell you. They can play basketball. So I was a little white guy going, dear Lord, they can jump. I can't jump. I better do some squats. So I want to play basketball. And I got picked number 12 out of 13 people for the team. I Listen, I only got in when there was about 33 seconds left in the game. Come on, everybody. 
That's called garbage time, everybody. Garbage time. That's when I played. Seventh grade. And so coach put me in, and I was so excited. I ran on the court. I'll never forget it. I was so excited, and I was just in the, I was down in the position guarding my man, and I heard a voice from the sideline. It was my coach, and he said, Isbel, we're on offense, not defense. Oh, okay. Thumbs up. That was the last game I ever played, right? That was the last game I ever played. So when you get in, you got to know what to do, right, everybody? You got to know what to do. My, my, my. I developed later in life. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 4. Come on, Ephesians 4, 12 through 14. We doing all right, everybody? Come on. We doing all right? Come on, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. Come on, we're growing. Good. Ephesians 4, 12 through 14. Look at this New Living Translation. Now, in context, Paul's writing the church at Ephesus, and he's talking about the fivefold ministry gift, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, that are sent to give us as Christians... Uh, learning from the Word of God, teaching from the Word of God, special grace gifts. I'm a pastor and I'm a teacher. So he says this. He says these guys, he says this in verse 12, this will continue. The teaching of the Word of God is going to continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature. Notice that. Not babies. Mature. Come on, somebody say mature. Mature in the Lord. Measuring up. Wow, this is important. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we'll be no longer immature. So we've got mature. And immature. Then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So the Apostle Paul, when you read his writings, he puts so much emphasis on the power of the Word of God and hearing God's Word in your life. It is of great importance for you to hear God's Word, read God's Word, getting knowledge of the Word of God so you can mature. And he says that you can measure up to the image of Christ. So, so, so at our house when we were growing up, um, we had the small kids in Canada. Uh, I don't know if we did it. I think we did it out of one house that we, we actually bought over here in, in Eastlake. When the kids were small, uh, Kimberly would, would put their, like some of y'all do, put their head up against the wall. Ours was where the cupboard was, where the food was. And, and we got a little pencil, and we put, put the little mark there. And there they were, right? And so, you know, the kids, you know, your kids, my kids, every time they came into the kitchen, they were like, did I grow today? Well, you know what? They didn't grow from day to day, right? They didn't grow. Uh, but over the course of time, they kept growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And they could see growth naturally in their life. And Paul is saying here, we ought to be able not to be immature any longer, but be mature growing up to be the, and have the image of Christ in our life. That we look and talk and act like Jesus. That's our picture. That's what we want. I don't want to have the image of whoever, successful pastor for me or successful businessman or businesswoman for you or, or the do-it-yourselfer on, the, on, my, uh, you know, on my refrigerator. That's what I want to be like. No, 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 no. What we want to be like is Jesus. We want to grow up to be like Jesus. But the Apostle Paul says this. Look on the screen real quick. The immature. Here's what he talks about. The immature and the mature. The immature are tossed around emotionally. That's what, you know, tossed around, tossed around emotionally, emotionally. Just their emotions run high, their emotions run low. I mean, they're hot, they're cold, they're in, they're out, they're up, they're down. Yeah, they're, just, they're just dominated emotionally. They, they, I'm, I'm, they're offended easily, the immature. Offended easily. That they're dominated, he says, by circumstances. Dominated by circumstances. Just whatever happens, it's like, just, just, wow, just <laughs> throws them. 
He says the immature get blown off course regularly. Whatever wind, think about the wind in the bay. And you're the sailboat. Whatever wind comes, if, if, you don't, if, if you're not a proper helmsman and don't know how to steer the ship, then whatever wind comes, you, your life, the immature, their life is like a, is like a boat with, with a sail with no rudder. No rudder. And we know from James, the rudder of your life is your tongue. So you're taking God's Word and you're speaking God's Word and saying, this is coming against me, but now, and you've seen it, it's amazing when the wind is coming one way, the skilled, the skilled man or woman who knows how to operate the sailboat, the skipper, they can go against the wind, not heading into it, but side after side after side after side after side after side and get to the other side, even though the wind is contrary. Even though things come against your life, the mature know how to keep their tongue and speak against it and not speak against people and cause their life to still move forward. Are you a mature person? Or are you blown off course constantly? How did I get here? How did I get here? How did I get up on the rocks of life? How did my life get shipwrecked and, and waves are coming to beat me? How did I get here? Just simply... Immature. That's all. You can become mature. But right now, you are immature. It's like going to the gym where, where, where I see it all the time. And you forgive me for the gym analogies all the time, but that's part of my world. And I, I see the trainers coming. And the trainer, you know, takes this guy. And this guy's a big guy like me. I mean, he's real strong like me. He's a new guy. He's a new guy like me. You know, little spaghetti arms. He's a new guy. And so the, the, the trainer doesn't go... We're putting on 300 pounds on the bench press. Come on. You know what the trainer goes? No, no, wait. Just get the bar. Here's how we hold it. Here's what we're doing. Here's, 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 here's the motion. Here's the motion. Here's the motion. Because I want you to start, but I want you to grow. I want you to grow. An immature person is just easily influenced. Whatever comes, whatever goes, it's just easily influenced. And God doesn't want you and I to be that kind of person. So we all have to commit our life that I am going to grow. I am a spiritual person. I'm having a very short life experience. I'm not a natural person having a spiritual person. I am a spiritual person having a short life natural experience. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. God's going to talk to me all the time. I'm going to see things from the Word of God. I'm going to have discernment all the time because the Spirit of God is alive in me. I'm not going to be a baby any longer. I'm going to get some teeth. I'm going to change my own diet. I am a self-feeder. You don't need to feed me. TV doesn't need to feed me. Podcast doesn't need to feed me. T.D. Jakes doesn't need to feed me. Come on. Stephen Furtick doesn't need to feed me. I am going to feed myself. John 15, real quick. Come on, last big passage we'll look to. John 15. If you don't know John 15, come on, you know John 15. John 14, 15, 16, 17. Jesus is just going at it, man. He is teaching, teaching, teaching. Red letters in the Bible. And he's going after it, just teaching some great, great truths about the Holy Spirit and who we are. Check out verse 15. Excuse me, chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. Come on, say that with me, will you? I am the true vine. Stop right there and look at it. When you do, when you meditate the Word of God, when you chew the Word of God, you don't gloss over that and you go, oh, hey, 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 hey. I am the true vine. Jesus speaking. My father is the vine dresser. He's the owner. He owns the farm. He owns the ranch. He's the vine dresser. But I am the true vine. 
If he says, I'm the true vine, hey, there must be a false vine. I am the, help me. So something or someone else is vying to get connected to your life. We're going to find out he's the vine. We're going to read it. You're a branch. He's the vine. He's the life source. He's the vine. He's the life source. The father is the vine dresser. He's the owner of the whole field. You are a branch. You are not the vine. You are not the vine, but you're connected to the vine. But there is something else trying to get you connected. Number one, your old life. Number one, your flesh. Number one, the world trying to get you connected to it. Vying for connectivity. Every branch in me that bears fruit doesn't bear fruit, doesn't bear fruit. He takes it away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Growth means pruning. Pruning means ouch. Gary, Gary, you're talking like a baby. Gary, you're acting like a baby. Gary, you're thinking like a baby. Gary, your emotions are like a baby. Gary, your expectation is like a baby. Gary, I'm going to prune you. Why? To hurt me? No. To do what? I can bear more fruit. You can bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me, Jesus says. Verse 5, I am the vine. Here we are again. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Notice this. For without me, you can do nothing. Hey, some people read and go, what do you mean? You can't do nothing. He's talking about of spiritual significance. You can do nothing of spiritual significance in your life unless you're connected to the vine. You can have a, you can have a marriage. You can have a car. You can have houses and whatever you do. You go on vacations. But you're going to do nothing of spiritual significance unless you are, one translation says, vitally connected, uh, vitally united and connected to the vine. So the devil will constantly fight you at your connectivity. Are you connected? Try to get you disconnected, disconnected, disjoined, disjoined by yourself. We found out if you're not bearing fruit, if you're not bearing fruit, he's going he's to cut you off is what he says. Woo. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, abide in me, stay united to me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they're going to gather them, throw them on the fire and be burned. Come on, we don't want that. You don't want that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. By this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So you'll be my disciples. It's interesting uh, that uh, what we find here is that the word abide is used seven times or abides seven times. So some of you people, spiritual people, which you all are, ought to be going, OK, I got I got to check this out. This abide thing must be huge because Jesus keeps talking about it over and over and over. In eight, eight verses, he uses it seven times. So a spiritual person, <laughs> I would just say this, 
abides. A spiritual person abides. They remain. They continue. They are steadfast. They don't move from thing to thing. They're constant. They're not distant. Not distant. Not infrequent. They stay. They remain. They remain. When we talk about abiding, let me just give you a picture here as we're winding down, is that you can be no closer to Jesus than you are to his word. You can be no closer to Jesus, abiding with Jesus, than you are to his word. He and his word are one. He and his word are one. I want to get close to Jesus. I really don't hear Jesus. I really don't know who Jesus is. You hear him through the word of God. That's how you hear him. That's how you abide. That's how you remain. That's how you're constant. That's how you continue in the word, in the word and through the word of God. So when it comes to abiding, when it comes to you staying connected, how are you going to abide and stay connected to Jesus? You're going to abide and stay connected to Jesus by abiding and staying connected with his word. Little word, little food, little victory, little success. Big word, big food, big connection, greater success. And I'm not talking about massive, like, uh, like I'm on a Bible reading program right now for three months, reading through the New Testament three months just because that's what I wanted to do. But what I find is I've told you before, and I think these are great. I think reading through the Bible is great in a year. If you've never done that, I think you should do that. Everybody, come on, there's so many Christians who have never even read the whole Bible. It's crazy. And maybe you're one of them, so forgive me for, for saying that. But it's crazy that you say you believe something you don't even know was written. Man, that's a little harsh, so forgive me. But I want to grow. I want you to grow. I want you to grow. Jesus says this. <laughs> I want you to bear fruit, much fruit, more fruit. Check it out. I want you to bear fruit. Much fruit, more fruit, and you have remaining fruit. You look back over your life and go, I got more than a car and about $800,000 in the 401K. And I've had more than 43 years of life at the job. And I've had more than, you know, the two marriages and the, and the seven kids and the connection kids and the grandkids now. I look back over my life and I go, oh, that's cool. But what I got greater than all that is I've got fruit that has remained because of my relationship with Jesus. That's what I want for you. That's what God wants for you. More than money, more than a house, more than debt-free, debt-free, cool. Man, I want that for you too. But, but at the end of your life, what God wants for you is fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and remaining fruit. So listen to me. Listen to me. And most people don't get this, but this is a fact. Listen to me. Jesus says faithfulness is not just okay. Well, you know, they're faithful. They show up all the time. Who cares? We can train a dog to show up every Sunday. Forgive me for that. That's a little harsh. Maybe I should have had decaf this morning. Forgive me. (laughs) Faithfulness isn't okay. You never find that. He didn't say, I want you to be faithful, more faithful, much faithful, and have your faithfulness remain. What's he want? Come on, say it with me. Fruit, 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 fruit. He didn't want Christians to be fruity. He wanted to be fruitful. We don't have fruity Christians. We want fruitful Christians. And he wants it to remain. 
So how? How, how, how? How's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? 1 Peter 2, here we go, last scripture. 1 Peter 2. Like newborn babes, you must crave, desire, long for, thirst for pure spiritual milk so that you'll grow into a full experience of salvation. If you just start right now, if this is in your beginning of your journey and you're, you're, you're new in Christ, or you go, maybe you just be honest with you, you go, man, I've been a Christian for 15 years and I don't even know nothing. Then okay, listen, be honest with yourself. It's like going to the, again, going to the gym or coming to church going, I, I know it, put the weight on, I know it, you don't know it, that bar's going to come down there and crack your neck. It's going to crack your neck. It's like the kids, you know, I can swim, I can swim, I can swim, I can swim. Drop them in the deep end without the floaties on. See if they swim. They sink. I can swim, I can swim, I can swim. No, you can't swim. No, you can't. If you and I would just be honest with yourself, here I am, here's where I'm at, right here. I want to grow. Because I want to bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and I want to have something in a spiritual lineage in my life that I helped that person. I did that. I was involved in the dream team. I served. I gave. I used my gift, talent, ability. I found my purpose and I made a difference in some people's lives. Can you say amen, everybody? That's what God wants, right? That's what he wants. So he says, if you'll cry out for this nourishment, keep reading, look at that. If you'll cry out now that you have taste to see the kindness of the Lord. Now that you've had a taste to see the kindness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, nothing else is going to satisfy. So I've had a taste. I've had a taste. I told some of you guys last week I'm going to Tennessee tomorrow on a plane to see my mom. She's almost 85, kind of slowing down, you know. So I want, I'm going to, want to go see her. And, and I've already, uh, you know, I grew up there and I told the guys last week, there's a place called Ridgewood Barbecue. It's the best barbecue in the, in the South as far as I'm concerned. It's all about the sauce and how they cook it. And it's, it was a house, and they hooked up a, a, a mobile home to it. And, you know, when it, it leaks, it was, you know, it never passes inspection, but who cares? They got good barbecue. Come on, somebody. And, and you turn around the corner. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And, and to, to, to be a waitress there, you had to be about 280-pound woman with a mustache. Come on, and a hairnet. And so it's just a cool place to go. I love that culture. And, and so I told my mom, I said, hey, mom, we're going to go on Tuesday. We're going, man. We're going to Ridge. Come on, call my brother. We're going to Ridge when I'm buying. And I'm already thinking, man, I'm going to get me a beef brisket sandwich. I'm going to get me coleslaw. I'm going to split some fries. And I'm going to get some beans, man. I'm going to eat. And I'm already thinking. I'm tasting. Come on. I'm tasting the Lord is going to be good to me on Tuesday night. Listen to me. Hear me. Here's what I know about there, and here's what you know about certain foods that you go to all the time. Look on the screen real quick. The more you taste, the more you want. The more you taste it, the more you want. The more, come on, the more you taste it, the more you want. The more you eat, I wish I just have a hunger for the Word of God. Taste the Word, eat the Word. Taste the Word, eat the Word. I wish I could lift my hands during praise and worship. I'm just, eh. put on some music in the house and taste the Word. Praise God in your house and you do it up in here. I wish I could live right. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Just start taking a step living right. And the more you live, the more you'll be. Just start tasting and seeing the Lord is good. Come on. The more you taste, the more you want. Come on. The problem is, most Christians eat the wrong thing. <laughs> and the more I taste Netflix, I'm looking for another series to binge watch TV. 
and to waste, waste four hours in front of TV. Who's got four hours to sit in front of a TV? Got to get my priorities straight. Maybe if I'm vacation and that's what I'm downtime, you know, I'm just on my lifestyle. I can't do that. I gotta think different. I'm a spiritual person. I gotta think different. I gotta start changing my diet. I gotta leave things off because I want to grow. Come on, anybody in the room want to grow? Come on, anybody in the room want to grow? Yeah, I know you do. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Would you do that? No one looking around. Come on, give everyone the right to privacy. Lord God, what a great day. Father, hard day talking about spiritual growth sometimes, but a necessary day for all of us because we want to grow. We want to grow. We want to be used by you. Everybody in the room, whether we've been saved for years and years or whether we don't even know you, Father, we, everybody wants to make a difference, wants their life to count. When we see somebody that's done amazing things and we say, wow, I wish that was me. We want that. Whether it's in the business world, a marriage world, we want the successful marriage, we want to be married a long time, we want happiness, we want that, we want provision, we, we, we want to be that person that's generous when somebody does that gen- act of generosity, we, we, our heart beats, we want that to be us. So Father, help us change our diet, help us grow spiritually, help us leave immaturity and grow spiritually so we can be who you want us to be. Come on, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, what we do around here, we always give you an opportunity to make a commitment. Make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. That's how your diet will change. That's how things will start working in your life where you can know that heaven's your home and God's got a plan for your life. It begins by a prayer. We don't have you stand up. We don't have you come up to the front. Other churches do that, which is phenomenal. That's cool. What we do right here is we just say, hey, in a minute when we pray, you just lift up your hands. And we're going to pray a prayer out loud.